Welcome to the Fantasy Dogs podcast. I'm your host, Nick Mason, and today we are going to be doing a preview of the Week 10 DraftKings slate. And here today to break down the slate with me is my guest, Anthony Rowe. Anthony, how are you doing today? Doing good, man. Excited to kind of talk about some DraftKings. I know we've, we've been kind of going back and forth, especially due to the pandemic. I think it's what, what better time to, to get into some DK than, uh, you know, during a COVID crisis. So I, I look forward to looking at these games this week and seeing, seeing if we can make the Millie Maker. Yeah, I think this is a really exciting slate. We got some good games to talk about. Um, and just to give, you know, a little breakdown of the show, what you, you can expect since this is our first run at this, we hope to make this a weekly thing, breaking down the slate. And if you don't even play DraftKings, I think this podcast can be very helpful to you because um, what DraftKings does mainly is it looks at the best plays for each given week. So even if you don't play, this information can still be relevant to your season-long leagues. And just to go over our agenda for today, we're going to talk about our five favorite games of the week to stack. We're going to talk about some of our favorite plays at each position. We're going to go through creating a lineup so you can hear our thought process. And then we'll give you a bus play of the week and a boom play of the week. So, yeah, Anthony, anything you want to add to that? What Anything the viewers should be excited to hear? Uh, no, I mean, just I, I say the biggest thing, especially, you know, with COVID is make sure if you are playing DK, pay attention to what's going on. I think this year more than ever is a good time to if you aren't really paying attention, you may miss out on, you know, good starts and sits. You know, we're going to go over a few games, but definitely pay attention to the, you know, beat writers, Twitter, whatever you can to kind of just see who's in, who's out, you know, what's going on, because th this is one of those years where unexpectedly players are sitting out. So definitely look at all across the board, make sure you kind of know who's in, who's out, you know, we're going to go over a few games, but you know, anything could change, you know, we could hear tomorrow, so-and-so sitting out and that could change the whole landscape of DraftKings. So as we're recording this, always good to kind of follow up and pay attention with the news uh, and what's kind of going on out there in the football world. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, like you said, you know, things can change and that can change, you know, the, whole entire spectrum of the slate that can create value in certain positions. So just to give the viewers, um, you know, some idea of where we're at right now, it is Thursday, November 12th uh, at 1020 Pacific standard time. So things could change a lot from this point on till Sunday morning. So let's go ahead and get into this slate. Our first game we're going to talk about is the Bucks at the Panthers, and they're, the Panthers are 4.5 underdogs in this matchup with a 50.5 total. And I think this is a really game to first talk about because Christian McCaffrey is doubtful and unlikely to play. And we have a situation where Mike Davis is mispriced. He is at the minimum at 4K. And in the past, when Christian McCaffrey was out, he was a 7K range player. So, Anthony, my question to you is, can you make a lineup without Mike Davis? You can. Just the question is, do you want to? Uh, it, it's going to be interesting. I think the big thing with Mike Davis is what we saw is, I don't think he was really, <clears throat> it, it started off great, you know, the Mike Davis show. But as you saw towards the weeks that McCaffrey was kind of coming back, he wasn't as strong as he was. And I think, you know, Christian McCaffrey, they did not hold back when he first came back last week. So I think he got a nice good week rest. 
And, you know, I think, I think he'll be good to go. I think, you know, he's good in the PBR realm. He will catch passes out of the backfield. I think, you know, the Bucks are definitely a good defensive front. But, you know, with just Mike Davis holding the load, you can't pass up on the volume that he's going to get. And especially at 4K, that just opens up your, the whole rest of your lineup. Yeah, he's definitely probably one of the safest plays on the slate. He's definitely going to be the highest owned player. And that kind of leads me to wanting to fade him. Uh, like you said, you know, in the last two games um, without CMC, he was kind of, you know, not doing as well as he originally started. He saw, you know, 12 and 14 touches in those those last two games compared to the previous four without McCaffrey. He was seeing up to 20 touches. And also, you know, this is a tough matchup. Uh, versus a, like a Buccaneers defense that just got destroyed by the Saints last week. And I, you know, I'm a believer in good teams bounce back, you know, after those bad performances. So I can see the Bucks coming out, you know, with a statement um, and where they're strongest is defending the run. So I believe he's going to be a very efficient runner this week, inefficient runner. And most of his work is going to have to be done through uh, the receiving game. Do, what do you think about the Bucks? Do you think they bounce back any uh thoughts on tom brady and his receiving options uh they, they should the panthers defense isn't you know it's not a stingy defense like the saints right so <clears throat> you're looking at a team that gives up a lot in the passing game you know raiders were able to kind of pick them apart uh, multiple teams have been able to throw it through the air so definitely i mean uh, in terms of the the weapons though i think the bucks are kind of like the hardest team to read in terms of who's going to get the ball right like you don't know now with Antonio Brown, is it going to be Antonio Brown? Will it be, you know, Mike Evans, Scotty Miller, uh, Gronk, Godwin? There's so many options. And even Fournette has become a viable option out of the backfield. Um, so, yeah, I, I do believe the Bucks are going to bounce back strong, especially after last week's performance. Uh, I think it could be – it's going to be one of those games that's either a shootout or the Bucks just kind of destroy them, you know, because of their defense being so strong. Yeah, I think I, you know, agree with everything you just said. It's tough to, you know, pick your favorite Bucks wide receiver option. But I think this is an opportunity where if you believe like Chris Godwin's the guy, you can this is the week to play him with with Tom Brady because he's cheap. Um, he's at 6K. So if if you're a believer in any of these uh Buccaneers options, I would take a shot. And I think one of my favorite ways if I do play Mike Davis is to stack this game. Uh, just because I feel, you know, you're you're being different that way. People might just like to play Mike Davis as a one-off play, and I think you have an opportunity to be different if you if you stack this game. Uh, you you talked a little bit about Fournette. Is that where you lean towards in the Rojo versus Fournette, you know, debacle that we have each week, picking which one's going to have the you know the majority of the workload? Yeah, I, you know, it's definitely one of those backfields that's kind of frustrating because uh, they both kind of come out strong. But just what I've seen, the consistency through the air that Fortnite has got has been pretty encouraging, you know, and the, especially with this being, you kind of want those backs that get the, you know, catch passes. And Ronald Jones will catch passes here and there, but Mike, you know, Fournette has been their third down back. Uh, so if they do get in a situation where maybe they're trailing, uh, you know, we've seen that Fournette's kind of come in there and been that pass catching, you know, down back. Whereas Rojo, They'll rely on them on the ground. You know, they'll give them a few carries, but I think they're starting to ramp into a way where they're starting to turn towards Fournette. Uh, and I think that kind of makes him a little more of, that's where I'd lean. It's definitely kind of a toss up there, but just, I think Fournette's a better all around player. You know, we saw in his time in, in Jacksonville, what he was able to do catching a lot of passes 
he's at least doing the pass catching side of things here in Tampa Bay. But I think if I were to rely on one, it'd probably be Fournette for now. Yeah, I think Fournette is safer because of, like you said, you know, that third down back role where he's going to get the PPR points. I do, I do think, you know, Ronald Jones is a more efficient runner. So I can see a scenario where if he doesn't fumble early and gets on, you know, Bruce Arian shit list, he can actually pull through, be an efficient runner. And if the Bucks are winning, they just, you know, rely on him. Uh, that, so I think for me personally, I think I'd like to be contrarian and lean towards Ronald Jones because I feel like most people are going to be on Fournette. Now, let's let's go to the other side of this game. If are there any Panthers on the other side that excite you to bring this back with other than Mike Davis? Uh, that the Panthers, I mean, especially wide receiver wise has been a toss up. You know, they, they have good receiving core. Robbie Anderson has definitely been kind of the surprise candidate of the year. Uh, you know, he may be the person that I would probably target uh, if we were going to bring him back with somebody. Uh, and even, you know, Curtis Samuel's kind of becoming a sneaky option too, but I think that's more of a, He's just been getting touchdowns the last couple of weeks. His volume isn't there, but he's been getting the big plays. Uh, you know, so those those were probably the two. Because I mean, unfortunately, I mean, even DJ Moore, he may be a safe play. But the problem is I just don't see a high enough upside for DJ Moore uh, to be able to feel confident about putting him in any of my lineups. Uh, just because, you know, majority of the time, it's been going to Robbie Anderson and it's been going to Curtis Samuel. And, you know, he's been targeted, you know, DJ Moore has been heavily targeted, but it just hasn't resulted in boom weeks. So it's kind of a scary situation there. So if, yeah, if I were to bring it back with anybody, it would more than likely just be Robbie Anderson. And if I was desperate, I'd probably go Curtis Samuel. If I told you DJ Moore would be 5.1 K on a slate before the season, would you, would you play him in every lineup? It's kind of crazy just how far he's fallen off from, you know, that preseason hype he was going, you know, second round, third round in, in redraft leagues. And it's, it's insane. You know, um, Robbie's just kind of taking over that role. He's having, you know, close to nine and a half targets over the last three games. And even Curtis Samuel, the last three games has seen 17, 21 and 29, you know, DK points. And he's doing, doing it, you know, through the air and uh, you know, through the ground. It's, it's crazy how, far things have changed and you know we can try and predict things but we never really know how you know things are going to turn out uh any final thoughts on this game uh no i i think you can expect it's a divisional game you know divisional games are a little more defensive oriented uh this game could be in that same realm uh but i also think that it's going to be kind of a game i may stay away from you know mainly like what we talked about uh, with the Buccaneers, you know, kind of having a unpredictable threat at the receiver position. And, you know, with the Panthers, with Mike Davis, that's probably the only player I might be playing out of this game, uh, especially with him being at 4K. But everyone else in this game, I just don't feel – there's no one that draws my attention here unless, you know, I may look back at this. But outside of Mike Davis, I may stay away from the rest of the, the offensive weapons in this game. All right, let's move on to a game that I know you are very excited to talk about. It's the Broncos at the Raiders. The Raiders are five and a half point favorites, and this game has a total of 51 and a half. Anthony, just to start out, um, I think the, the big takeaway that I see from this game 
is the tight end matchup. You know, we have two of the most expensive tight ends on the slate in this game with Darren Waller and Noah Fant. Uh, which one do you lean towards playing this 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 week? Uh, I, I probably lean a little more heavily towards Waller, uh, mainly because he's the favorite. He's the go-to weapon in the red zone. Uh, he's, you know, they look to to go at him. Fant, uh, he's also, it, it's, it's kind of a, this is a tough one because Fant's kind of up and coming. He's starting to catch fire a little bit here and they are starting to use him a little bit more. He's, he's a little bit more targeted. And I mean, let's call it what it is. The Raiders are not good defensively. Uh, Hunter Henry had a good game last week against the Raiders defense. He, you know, he didn't do have a crazy day. I think he had like eight fantasy points. Uh, so, you know, the Raiders are at least decent against tight ends. It's mainly the receiver receivers that they give up a lot of points to. Uh, but Waller, he just has been, you know, the Raiders look to get him involved. And I think he's more of a focal point as of right now than Fant is. Yeah, I think, you know, you nailed it right there. Well, the one thing I would like to say about Fant is he burned everyone last week. And it sucks he got hurt in that game. He did eventually come back. And that's, you know, a status you will want to monitor. I think he's been practicing but he should be good to go. I kind of like going back, you know, on players after they disappoint one week and, you know, people are going to be afraid to play them. So I think this is an opportunity that you can take on going back to fan. And one of the best things about this game is everyone's so cheap. The quarterbacks are cheap. The wide receivers are cheap. The the tight ends are expensive and it's weird, um, but I still think these tight ends are, you know, some of the best plays on this slate, but let's go into the wide receivers. Who stands out to you on the Raiders? Let's start there. Uh, just, just from a receiving standpoint, uh, Nelson Aguilar has been huge for the Raiders, like deep playability. You've seen it week in, week out, every week. He's been able to get a big play, uh, you know, catching the long passes from Derek Carr, who's now, you know, kind of slinging it deep because, you know, he's been a threat. Uh, he's definitely someone, especially priced at 4.9K, like that's pretty affordable to throw in there in your lineup, uh, especially if you got Mike Davis. That just opens up a lot too. And he's, you know, he's going to go in there against a Broncos secondary that is not that strong uh, where those big plays can easily come. So you're definitely, if you're going to put Aguilar in your lineup, you're really hoping for the big play, right? You're, you're hoping that he's going to get that long touchdown, the six catches for 120 yards and a TD. Uh, is definitely in his range of outcomes, uh, especially looking at the last – he's had a few games in that realm. Uh, and then Hunter Renfro, he's been our consist, probably the most consistent receiver, uh, someone, one of Derek Carr's like favorite targets, and he's priced at 4.2. Uh, the thing with Renfro is if you are going to throw him in there, I think for a guy at 4.2, his floor, well, what you expect is, is pretty safe. It's more so the upside with Renfro. You're probably not going to get, you know, that 20-point – outcome what you're hoping for with Renfro is he's going to get a ton of catches and, and you're basically kind of banking on there that he gets into the red zone right and he gets a touchdown uh because Aguilar you know you're hoping for the long ball but I think either way one of these two guys if you want to throw a receiver in there I think Aguilar or Renfro are your best bets yeah I do like Aguilar a lot and I think Renfro is a guy that I would play in a game stock situation and but I don't think I would play him if I'm not stocking this game but I do think you you know solid floor he's just got to get the touchdowns to get there and i i would like that in a game stack opportunity i do want to ask you though i just can't i mean 
as far as DraftKings go, I cannot stop playing Henry Ruggs. I think, you know, he's that home run guy threat, you know, like a Tyree kill who when he, when he hits, he hits big, but his floor is just terrible. Do you have any confidence in Henry Ruggs? Uh, in DraftKings, no. There, there's no way, especially rookie-wise, I think he's he's still learning the game and he's still building that NFL body. I mean, you've seen he's got hindered with some hamstring injuries early on, but he's had one big game, you know, and it was a great game against the Chiefs. But in order to play you in DraftKings, you have to show us something, right? You don't want to just throw a guy in there because I'm sure, you know, he's priced at the minimum and he's definitely capable of getting a big play here or there. But the difference between Ruggs is he's not getting heavily targeted. His targets are really low. Uh, his involvement in the offense, you know, he's out there running. He's playing a good – he's on the field, but they aren't really looking to go his way. It just seems like they're using him to stretch out the field, open up things for, you know, Waller and Renfro in the middle of the field. Uh, but, yeah, it, they, he hasn't been involved enough for me to just put him in the line. Even if he was priced at 4K, you know, I still wouldn't be able to feel comfortable having him in my lineup at all. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I will say Carr in this matchup, very cheap price on DK. And he's proved me wrong. You know me. I've been one of, you know, one of the Carr. You could classify me as a hater, but he really has stepped it up this year. And, you know, I will look to play him this week, I think, in some of my lineups. But let's go ahead and go to the other side of, of this game. And I want to talk about Drew Locke because he seems to get there in garbage time and I don't know if he how he can keep up a performance in a close game I feel like we've yet to see that do you think he has the capability to put up you know a high scoring numbers in a close game well so piggybacking off uh just really quick going back to the car situation they're kind of similar in this way they both have been starting to use their legs a lot more uh and that's where they are getting more interesting and kind of playing like Carr has starting to scramble you know and last week we saw Drew Locke get 30 points because he ran a touchdown in so though they have that upside I think both of these guys do uh the thing that I think with Drew Locke that gives me confidence in running it in with him or just putting him in my lineup is just how bad the Raiders defense is you know we saw it last week they got up two scores against the Chargers rookie quarterback and they laid off the gas pedal and Herbert just lit them up and almost won the game. So the, I, the only difference here is I don't think Drew Locke has like a Keenan Allen, but Judy and his receivers, I think he has the weapons around him that if it is a close game or even if it's a blowout, I think the Raiders deep, I just don't have confidence in the Raiders defense to keep him from not having a good game. Uh, if he were to have a bad game, it'd be probably pretty disappointing uh, but yeah, I, I, just, I can see him just having a week. Uh, same with Carr. I, I think both secondaries are not that good. Yeah, they both are not. So in this game, like I said, it, it's cheap. Everyone's really cheap. And I think my favorite option other than Noah Fant to bring this back with would be Jerry Judy. And Jerry Judy, the last two, week, two weeks, has seen 10 and 14 targets. And he's really emerged as this team's number one wide receiver. And I really like taking shots on, you know, these rookie wide receivers in the second half of the year as they progress and start to learn the playbook more. Last year, you know, we saw guys like A.J. Brown and Debo Samuel really break out in the second half. They started to have these consistent uh, fantasy outputs. And I think that might be something we see with Jerry Judy. 
any final thoughts on this game? Any love for Tim Patrick or KJ Hamler? Uh, I mean, yeah, I agree with everything you just said about Judy. Uh, I think he's going to be someone that we that is definitely playable in lineups. Uh, Tim Patrick, he he's an interesting because he's four point nine. He's the same as Aguilar, and they're both kind of the same player. They both get long passes. I would I feel more confident with Aguilar than Tim Patrick, but if you do have 4.9K, it's literally going to be probably between those two receivers if you wanted to stack this game. Uh, and Hamler's more of a desperation play, 3.8. He's still – he's one of those rookies that's similar to Ruggs where they're, they're burner guys and they're still kind of getting that NFL body, but they haven't necessarily been involved a lot. So, yeah, I'd say Tim Patrick could be in play, but I'd probably look for Aguilar and Judy are my favorite plays out of the receiver position uh, for this game. All right, let's move on to our third game. It's the Bills at the Cardinals. The Cardinals are two and a half point favorites with a total of 56 and a half. And this is one of the highest uh, total point games on the slate. And Kenyon Drake is questionable for this game. He's been back at practice. So there's a chance that he comes back. And if he's back, it kind of kills the value of Chase Edmonds. So, but if Kenyon Drake is out, are you willing to go back to Chase Edmonds after kind of a disappointing week last week? Uh, it, it's it's tough. Uh, it's going to be one of those things where Chase Edmonds has not been as advertised with Kenyon Drake's absence. You know, a lot of people thought that Kenyon Drake was going to, you know, lose his job to Chase Edmonds because he got hurt. But what we've seen is Chase Edmonds hasn't run away. However, you know, I don't think Buffalo – when you used to think of Buffalo, especially last year, you thought defense. This year, that hasn't really been the case. So if Kenyon Drake does sit out, I would probably run it back because I think a lot of people won't be looking at Chase Edmonds. Uh, he could be one of those contrarian plays. Uh, I, I definitely like him in this game, especially for the fact that he catches passes. Uh, so I, I, I definitely would not mind putting Chase Edmonds in my lineup if Kenyon Drake is out. If Kenyon Drake plays, then I may stay away from the backfield. Uh, because I don't think either one will receive enough workload. But if Kenyon Drake's out, definitely Chase Edmonds is someone that I think is playable. Yeah. And I think the problem with this game is a lot of these options are expensive. We have two of the most expensive quarterbacks on this slate, and their main wide receiver options are not cheap. I mean, we do have the salary to get there, but it's it's tough to justify a game stack if you wanted to do like a Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Stephon Diggs. That takes up a good portion of your entire salary that you have. Uh, do you have a, a lean on uh, the QB you'd prefer to play in this game? I'd probably lean Kyler Murray, uh, mainly because I think the offense is a little more high octane. Uh, and I just think he's a better runner than Josh Allen. Josh Allen's really good at, at rushing, but Kyler Murray just does a great job at he, – I mean, he's quick. He gets it out of the pocket, and they look to use him in runs. Like, I know Josh Allen's has – his team has designed runs, but Kyler Murray can just get out there. And whenever you have a weapons like Christian Kirk and DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitz and Chase Edmonds, you know, God. Josh Allen's is just so limited to just Stephon Diggs. I mean, John Brown does a good job, but it, it's a toss-up. But also the Cardinals' defense is not that bad. You know, Buda Baker, they have a good secondary – uh, so I think Josh Allen could struggle a little bit there uh, with his throws, but it, it could be one of those games that's a shootout, but I'd, I'd lean more towards Kyler just because he's, I just think he's a better runner and he's more, a little more accurate too with his passes. 
we really had to mention dusty larry fitzgerald he <laughs> for some reason can't get off the field and i mean uh just someone who believes in andy isabella it's tough to just watch larry fitzgerald get snaps over him but let's let's not get off topic here um out of which so i know you said you'd prefer kyler murray uh, and his options are very expensive. Are you leaning towards DeAndre Hopkins, or do you think this is a Christian work, Christian Kirk type week? I, I would probably lean more towards Hopkins a little bit, uh, but it is going to be tough because I know uh, Tredavious White, I believe, is the corner for the Bills, uh, who's probably going to shadow Hopkins. It's Tredavious White, correct? That is the corner I'm thinking of. Yeah, that is correct. Uh, just to point out, DK Metcalf did put up 24 points versus Tredavious White last week. I don't know if that still scares you or not, but did want to throw that out there. Yeah, no, I think the they're two different receivers. I mean, DK's a he, he's a he's built different, right? Literally, uh, than DeAndre Hopkins is, and I think they're two different receivers. But I wouldn't be too scared of DeAndre Hopkins. But I think you can go either way if you need to keep it a little cheaper. Uh, I think. Christian Kirk is someone that I would definitely put in there for the upside. And I think he'd be someone that may be low owned. Uh, you know, he's coming off a great week uh, against Miami, uh, five catches, 123 yards and a touchdown. Uh, had 26 DraftKings points. Uh, now you could look to run it back with Hopkins because he did have a really bad week and he was not involved a lot. So that could be your argument for going towards DeAndre is because he was very low involved and typically coming off a game that you weren't your best player wasn't involved a lot. You're probably going to overfeed him, which would make me a little excited is because he's going to get a lot of volume. So I think it, you can go either which way, depending on how your lineup is shaping up. But Hopkins may be that guy that he only had, I think like three targets last week. Um, he wasn't really involved. So I definitely think, especially they're playing at home too. Uh, so I definitely think that they will try to get him involved and feed the heck out of him because he's seen high targeted games. Uh, you know, usually his targets don't go below five, uh, which is definitely encouraging. Whereas Christian Kirk, you know, we mentioned, unfortunately we have to bring him back into this, but Larry Fitzgerald with him there, it just kills his, how to do it, how to bring him back. It kills his upside. Um, you know, Kirk's definitely one of those guys that can get you five for 120, just like he did last week. But if you want safe, you lean DeAndre Hopkins. If you want to gamble a little bit, uh, you go towards Christian Kirk. Let's move on to the Bills. And I think the problem with the Bills, even though this is a high, you know, total, it's they, you know, throw the ball to everyone. You know, we see Isaiah McKenzie scoring touchdowns, Tyler Croft. They have Cole Beasley, John Brown, Steph Diggs. And it's hard for me to justify Steph Diggs at that price I will I'm not saying I'm not going to play him at all but it's really tough to you know feel confident in any of these Bills options is there any any person you lean towards on this Bills offense any the running backs any love for anyone uh Stefan Diggs I mean I know you said it's hard to get behind them it's he may be the guy he hasn't gone below 10 fantasy points at all this year you know just looking at his games he has 16, 32, 14, 20, 23, 16, 10, 15, 23. Uh, and the problem with him has been he's just not getting touchdowns. Uh, he's had, I think he has like three on the year. Uh, I think he's definitely someone I may look at. 
the the issue there is he's two hundred dollars cheaper than uh, Hopkins is, so that could be a little scary. But I, I would I would honestly, if I didn't want to, if I didn't feel comfortable in, you know, my Kyler Hopkins stack, I, you know, I wouldn't have a problem going Josh Allen, uh, Stefan Diggs. Yeah, I think you know the touchdowns is something that hopefully comes for Diggs. It's just that at that price, you know, we need him to hit that ceiling. And if he's not getting the touchdowns, it makes me a little nervous, but he is definitely the safest option. Any final thoughts on this game? No, I I think this could be, you know, one of those, another one of those shootouts where it can be one of those defensive battles, uh, just given that, you know, typically when we think it's going to be high scoring, it always disappoints us. So it, definitely pay attention to Kenyon Drake's status. I think that's the biggest thing to take away is definitely see if you want to play Chase Edmonds, you need to know what his status is. But <clears throat> I, if you go Kyler Hopkins, Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, I, I feel like you could go either way. All right. Let's move on to the Chargers versus the Dolphins. The Dolphins are two and a half point favorites, and this has a 48 point total. And I actually think this is one of the more sneakier games on the slate. We have the rookie QB showdown with, uh, you know, Herbert versus Tua. And I think the hardest thing right now to decide is what is Tua's fantasy ceiling? We feel like we really haven't seen the Dolphins unleash him. Uh, and honestly, I'm the type of person where I want to be early to the party rather than later. I don't, I would rather be on Tua a week early and he goes off before being there a week after and missing that opportunity. Uh, Anthony, what are your thoughts on Tua? Do you have an idea of what a ceiling can be? We've seen him, you know, rush, you know, seven times last week. And I think there's some upside there. Uh, do you feel that uh, Tua has an opportunity here to prove that he's the best QB from this drop class? Oh, definitely. I, you know, <clears throat> it's it's one of those games where his he's going up against a Chargers team that, you know, the Raiders just put up 30-something points on. So, I think the Dolphins are definitely capable. It's a matter of, I don't necessarily think he has the weapons, you know, that most teams do. Uh, Preston Williams being on IR is kind of going to probably, you know, hurt him a little bit. He does have Devontae Parker still. Uh, you know, Gasecki really hasn't been that involved, so maybe he can help get that going. But if he's going to be rushing the ball, he had seven rush attempts last week. So if they can keep that as part of the game plan, I think he, the ceiling definitely can go a little bit higher, uh, you know, he started against the Rams, didn't have such a great game. And then last week, you know, had 248 yards, two, two touchdowns. So I think it's definitely growing. And if there was a team where he was going to continue that, it would be the Chargers defense, um, you know, especially paying attention to last week, Joey Bosa didn't play against the Raiders. So that can be a huge thing is paying attention to the Chargers defensive starters. If jo- if Joey Bosa does play, I I'd still would feel confident in Tua, but yeah, his ceiling can go higher. I just think what, what will kind of limit him potentially is the lack of weapons that he has around him. Yeah, I love Tua, man. I'm, I'm ready to play. I, I think it's a Tua week. I'm ready for the breakout, and I hope we see it this week. And you you brought up, you know, the, the injuries on the Chargers side. I think even if Tua doesn't have the receiving options, he can still get there on the ground. And maybe we see a rushing touchdown. Maybe we see him, you know, get a couple more touchdowns to the air this week compared to last week. I'm really excited for this game. And I just wanted to bring up, um, you know, you did talk about Preston Williams injury. Jakeem Grant is 3K. So if you're looking for a punt option to stack in this game, even a one-off play, if you don't want to play Mike Davis, I think 
Jakeem Grant is at least intriguing enough to think about. Uh, let's go to the Chargers side of the ball now. And, you know, Justin Herbert's been killing it this year. Absolute stud. Him and Joe Burrow, you know, have both made a, you know, a presence for themselves. And one of, you know, I do like playing Herbert in this game, but I do want to talk about Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen has just been, you know, you know, one of the safest plays on the board. He's getting all the targets. He's Herbert's favorite target by far. Um, any thoughts on Keenan Allen? Oh, he's he's been a beast. Uh, heavily targeted. You know, he's been reliable hands. And he's getting his his upside, with, especially within, you know, fantasy football, is how many receptions he's getting. Him and Devontae Adams have kind of had a similar year in the fact that they are just getting peppered with targets. You know, now Devontae Adams obviously has been going crazy, but Keenan Allen has just been, you know, Herbert has been looking his way and looking his way often. And I think that's been a huge factor. You know, he's a, more of a gunslinger than Tyrod Taylor. Uh, Tyrod Taylor is so Keenan Allen definitely has seen a lot of targets, catches a lot of balls. I think he, he, yeah, he's been a stud. Yeah, I think Keenan Allen is, you know, a safe play every week. And his price is not rising. It's been in like that 7, 7.1, 7.2K range every week. Yeah. And I I think he should be like 8K, 8.5K with, you know, the, the consistent volume he's receiving. So line him up. I'm going to keep playing Keenan Allen every week. I do have love for Mike Williams too. I think, you know, uh, he's definitely been a little more consistent this year so I don't mind playing him as well and you also have Hunter Henry who has been just kind of average I'm, I don't think I'm a fan of him as you know a one-off play but if you're going to do a game stack with Tua and you want to bring back with Keenan Allen Hunter Henry I'm totally cool with that uh, any final thoughts on this game yeah I think uh, the Chargers offense is kind of similar to how you approach the Cardinals offense. Um, whereas like, you know, you have Herbert and you're looking at a Herbert Keenan Allen is probably the go-to. Uh, and then just like with the Cardinals, you got Murray and Hopkins, but then you got those two other guys, you got Mike Williams and you got Christian Kirk. So I think it's a similar situation we see if you're trying to play the chargers team is you're not getting, you're getting the safe play is the star receiver. And then if you want to go high upside, uh, you can go with the, the second receiver, which Mike Williams, they've looked for a lot in the red zone. Uh, I think they, that can be a good play. Uh, but yeah, I think overall, though, the one thing I would say is I think this is another one of those games. It, it can definitely be a high scoring. I think most of the games we've talked about have that high scoring uh, potential. Uh, and I, they also have the Dolphins defense has been, you know, improving. So that, that may be another thing at play here is hopefully the Chargers can keep it rolling and it's a high scoring game. But the Dolphins defense is maybe something that you could put into play too, as you know, the Raiders were able to get a couple sacks and a, you know, a couple deflections, you know, maybe Herbert turns it over a little bit, but yeah, I think overall Keenan Allen is my favorite play out of this uh, and as well as Herbert. Yeah. One thing I did want to mention before we move on to the next game is this chargers running back situation. Now, Justin Jackson was one of the most popular plays last week. And unfortunately on the very first play of the game, he gets hurt. If he comes back, I'm interested in going back to him just after burning everyone last week. Um, his status is still in the air. You know, he remains sidelined at practice today. So we'll find out tomorrow if he's actually playing. That's just something to monitor. And Joey Basin, shout out to, you know, the godfather of this podcast uh, network. 
his favorite player, the Bellagio, saw a lot of snaps last week. So um, that's something to monitor. He's very cheap as well if you want to go back to him. Um, just wanted to throw that out there just in case. But let's move yeah. on. Oh, uh, real quick, before, yeah, yeah, before we do move on, uh, since we are talking about the running back, if that, that's definitely, I think, something to, to keep, a, keep an eye on is that Justin Jackson playing. Uh, Kalen Balaj is definitely someone you could play. But also at 4K, Tromaine Pope. Uh, he was someone that came in last week, saw 10 carries for 67 yards, but had five catches for 28, saw seven targets. So he could be, you know, Balaj, I think would be the ground guy. And it looks like Pope is someone that they're using, you know, out of the backfield to catch passes. So that can be something to definitely monitor. I think he's definitely playable against Miami. Uh, if, you know, Justin Jackson does sit out. So I think Balaj and Pope are definitely interesting guys that you can look at, especially seeing the volume that they got with Justin Jackson going down. Yeah, uh, I did just want to clarify, Pope was out last week. So that's why I think Bellagio saw a, a high volume. Right. Uh, so so said week eight, not week nine. I should read. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. But um, so, yeah, I think maybe that's kind of a scary situation if Jackson's out. But we did see Bellagio see most of the work. Pope did a, a good job the week before. We'll, we'll see. Just I, we don't feel confident in any of these plays, as you could tell. Um, so, but it's just something to monitor. Let's move on to our final game, and I think this is one of the most exciting games of the slate. We have the Seahawks at the Rams, and the Rams are one and a half point favorites here with a fifty-four and a half total. And I think the biggest question every week that DraftKings players struggle with is DK Metcalf versus Tyler Lockett. It seems like every week one of these guys go off. If you pick the right one, you win all the money. If you pick the wrong one, you're dust. Uh, DK Metcalf, I believe we'll see, you know, the tougher matchup with Jalen Ramsey, but Jalen Ramsey we've seen is a still a very good cornerback, but I think we've seen him get beat for touchdowns and DK Metcalf, as we referred to earlier is built different. He's a grown ass man. So I am not scared to play him in this matchup. I think I would lean more to the DK Metcalf side of this receiver debate. Anthony, if you had to choose which one of these guys are you playing? That's, that's tough. <laughs> uh, like you said, it, it's, it's been hard to read uh, which one's going to have a, have a week because you end up playing the wrong one each time. The, the problem with these two guys is the, the price difference is makes you kind of think about it because Lockett's going to be a thousand dollars cheaper. Uh, and they both, like you mentioned, they both have similar upside. They both have, you know, they both can go off and it's really, really tough to tell. I would probably lean towards Tyler Lockett mainly because the coverage that you mentioned DK Metcalf will be receiving. I think after two straight weeks of just dominance, you know, you could ride that tidal wave, but I think the Rams could also shut that down. And Lockett is definitely someone that plays, you know, the short intermediate routes and he can also get the big plays. I think this is, it's time for a Lockett week. Uh, and especially with him being cheaper, he may be where I, I lean at, especially with some of the more, you know, cheaper plays I can go with outside of DK. Yeah, totally agree with you. Lockett's price is a lot nicer. I think the strategy that I'm going to have this week is I'm going to try and put in DK Metcalf in my lineups. But if I do need to shed some salary somewhere, I think that'll be the first casualty and I'll just drop him down to Tyler Lockett. Um, we look at the quarterbacks now in this game. You know, Russell Wilson didn't really have a great performance last week. 
and this is a good opportunity for him to bounce back. It's a division game, very important. But and you know, Russell's been balling. He's probably one of you know the leading candidates for MVP. I don't think we need to add too much about Russell Wilson. He's one of the safest players on the board. Let's go to the other side of the ball. Jared Goff is at home. It is he's not traveling, and you know those are the scenarios where I'm scared to play Goff. And he does have the best matchup of the week. Anthony, how confident are you in playing Jared Goff this week? Uh, not at all. I, I am not a, really. I am not a Jared Goff guy. Uh, it, it's really hard for me to get behind him. Sometimes it, I just there's some about him. You know, <laughs> I watch him play, and he just doesn't show up in these games. Now, maybe it's been defensive, but there's times where I fire him up, and I feel like it's it's his week, and he disappoints. And I just think, given the other quarterbacks on this slate, Goff just doesn't. All he gives me, you know, all he's really going to give you is just you, you got to hope that he's going to throw for a couple touchdowns. He doesn't use his legs that much. Uh, you're not really going to get a rushing touchdown, you know, maybe a QB sneak if you're lucky. But I think, yes, Seattle's secondary is not the, the best, but Jared Goff is just not someone I feel comfortable or confident in uh, playing at QB just because I, I just – his upside to me is not that great. I mean, he has good weapons, but – I feel like he's definitely one of those quarterbacks where he's set up for success and will come back and disappoint. So if you're not confident in Jared Goff, how do you feel about his weapons? You know, the Seattle secondary gives up a lot of, you know, the most points to wide receivers in fantasy. Do you plan on getting your exposure to this game through the wide receivers rather than going through stacking this game with Goff? Yeah. You know, I definitely think at least Robert Woods is a safe bet. You know, he's $300. Him and Cup are $300 apart. Both at, you know, Cup is at 6.9 and Woods is at 6.6. Uh, Woods has been a safe play, you know, throughout the season. He's been someone that gives you that safe floor, uh, which is which is nice. You know, you're paying for some, a guy that will give you a, a good solid floor where you feel confident that he can get you 10 points. Uh, and then his upside's there. You know, he can get you a touchdown. He can get you a lot of receptions. And the, the upside with him is they've been using him a lot in the red zone as a runner you know, doing a lot of like sweeps, uh, a lot of reverses where he's getting in the end zone. I, I do feel comfortable playing Robert Woods uh, in this game. Uh, like I said, I, I think he'll be good. Cup has been pretty inconsistent throughout the year. So I'm a little worried about him. Uh, you know, I think that is kind of my worry. I know going into their bye week, he had a really good game. Uh, but outside of that, he's just been kind of a letdown this year overall. Uh, so I'd probably feel more comfortable, you know, paying $300 less to go Robert Woods if I were to play, you know, either one of them. Yeah, I think I'm on the side of I'm confident in Goff and I'm so confident in him this week that I'm willing to stack him with Cup and Woods. I think this is an opportunity for the good old fashioned double stack and maybe a bring back with a Tyler Lockett with a DK Metcalf, um, maybe punt some other positions from this game. But I'm just... Seattle hasn't stopped anyone except, you know, Jimmy G. So um, you, everyone seems to have their way with the Seattle secondary. I'm willing to just take the risk with Goff and hope that, you know, he pulls through like everyone else does. Any love for, you know, the running backs or the tight ends from either side? Gerald Everett, Tyler Higby, this weird running back situation in 
you know, uh, Los Angeles. It's kind of hard to decide. I guess, you know, Henderson's been the guy there. Any love either side? Uh, no, I'll probably stay away from the running backs. I mean, you look at DJ Dallas is 5.1. Henderson's 5.9. Uh, if Carson plays, he's 6.2. Uh, I just think we've, we've seen there's other running backs at that price. I think I'd be more willing, feel more confident in than playing any of those guys. Uh, you know, DJ Dallas, if Carson's out, is a good play uh, if you want to go with him. Uh, but I think just given the uncertainty around both of those positions for both teams, it's kind of hard to invest in either one of them, especially given that you look at the slate and there's way better options to probably go around than either one of those two guys for any of those two positions. Yeah, and I think you covered that well. I About these positions, as far as the tight end goes, shout out to friend of the podcast, Nick Huber. He saw me this past week struggle uh, playing Will Disley, Will Dustley over, you know, Jacob Hollister. So, Huber, if you're out there listening, it's a Jacob Hollister week. I Only in a game stack type situation, I think he's a decent punt. Um, he did see seven targets last week, so... He's 2.7K. I'm willing to run it back. Um, and yeah, any, I think we covered a lot here. Do you have anything you want to add? Uh, no, I think, I think we pretty much covered it all for this game. Perfect. Well, that is our five favorite games we want to stack. Let's move on to, you know, just some of our favorite one off plays and that these are just plays where we feel confident enough that you can play this guy by himself, not in a stack. Um, you know, QBs, you, you usually do want to stack, but these are just some other options to throw out at you. And we can go through these pretty quickly, uh, at the quarterback position, two of the guys that we like is big Ben and he's at home and he has, you know, great splits at home and he's playing up playing against a bad Bengals defense. So he is on the COVID list. That's something to monitor. I expect him to be back because he did not have COVID. He was in contact with someone who was. So if he passes all of his tests, he should be good to go. And another quarterback we have is Drew Brees at home in the dome versus a bad Niners defense. I, you know, people I feel like are still afraid to play Drew Brees and we just saw him put up a great, a great game last week. So I think he's very capable of being one of the highest quarterbacks on the slate. Anthony, any thoughts on these QBs we have? Yeah, I, I'd probably I'd probably feel comfortable with uh, Big Ben if he's if he's fine, mainly just because weapons. You know, he's still is getting it downfield. Uh, Drew Brees, it's it's been really an inconsistent year from him, uh, and it's really hard to envision you know what's going to happen. I mean, he is safe to get you like 15 points, uh, but like I said, I think given his price, he's six point point four. Uh, he may be a little too expensive. I'm not really going to pay for him. Uh, Big Ben, same thing. You know, I feel comfortable that he can definitely kill the Bengals D. Uh, but he's also one of those guys too. Just given both of the, you know, their age and the weapons, even though they're going against bad defenses, I think there's other quarterbacks I would feel more comfortable with. And it's mainly due to the upside from these other quarterbacks. I think both of these guys give you good floors, uh, especially given that they're playing bad defenses. But I'm looking at these other quarterbacks, like we talked about, you know, Derek Carr, Drew Locke, uh, Herbert, Wilson, Kyler Murray. There's there's just other guys on this slate that I'm just going to kind of lean more towards uh, that do, still have good matchups just like they do. But I just think the floor is there for both of those guys. I just don't know about the upside being heavily there. All right, let's move on to the running back position. 
some of the names we have listed is Aaron Jones. Uh, he's 7.1K this week going up against a bad Jags defense. I think um, that's a good option to go to if you're trying to get a piece of this game. You know, he's cheaper than Devontae Adams, who's 9K. So that's going to be tough to fit in your, you know, your lineups. So I like going there. James Robinson's at 6.6K. He's going up against a Packers defense that funnels, you know, opportunities on the ground. They do a good job of, you know, defending uh, the passing game, the secondary, but they will let teams run all over them. We also have Miles Sanders versus the Giants at 6.4K. He's going to be going up against the Giants defense. And I feel like he's kind of a sleeper pick this week because, you know, he's been injured and, you know, the guys coming off injury tend to go under the radar. So I really do like Miles Sanders this week. Another scenario to monitor, you know, you have uh, Kareem Hunt. If Nick Chubb is out, I think that's a smash opportunity, one of the best plays, but we have to see what the status of Chubb will be. Another guy I'm all over is Antonio Gibson. I've been just waiting for this breakout week and I'm just going to keep banking it until it happens. So maybe this is the week. Duke Johnson He's 5K. David Johnson is kind of leaning towards being out. That's another situation you have to monitor, but he could be a great play. And J.D. McKissick at 4.9K. He can see a lot of targets. You know, he's a PPR monster, um, very cheap. And, you know, these cheap running backs can be some options to be contrarian, you know, to pay a little bit more and get off of Mike Davis. Anthony, any thoughts on these running backs? Yeah, I think I think the big thing that we when we took a look at these guys, the one thing that they all have in common is they catch passes, right? They not only are they seeing volume out of the backfield, they also catch a lot of passes, which is great because those are the court, those are the running backs, quarterbacks. Jeez, uh, those are the running backs you're looking to target, especially in DraftKings, where you know just fantasy and overall, you want guys that will get you ten attempts a game, but then also see you know five to six targets. And Aaron Jones, you know, they said they weren't going to use him that much, and then they he went all out against the Niners. And that game got ugly, so they kind of cooled off of him. Uh, James Robinson has been a really good, not just runner, but he's also been targeted heavily out of the backfield. Uh, Miles Sanders, obviously, is a threat on both sides. Uh, Antonio Gibson is one of those. Uh, and Duke Johnson, we saw when David Johnson went out, uh, that he received a, a lot of attempts, a lot of carries. And volume in both the temp game and the passing game make you a viable option, I think, in fantasy football and in DK. J.D. McKissick won't get a lot of attempts out of the backfield as a runner, but they put him in the slot. They're working him all over the place. He saw a lot of targets. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like all these guys mainly because of their uh, PPR upside. All right, let's move on to the wide receiver position. Uh, Devontae Adams, you know, he's a stud. He's nine. He's 9K. If you can find a way to get him to your lineup, great. He's definitely one of the safest plays. I just think it's going to be – you know, kind of hard to get there if you want to stack, you know, some of these games like Seattle and, uh, you know, Arizona and Buffalo. Uh, one of my favorite plays on the slate is Michael Thomas. He's 7.4K, and we still have not seen, you know, that 2019 performance from him. So the Niners can't stop the, the opposing team best wide receiver for some reason. So I do like that. We also have, you know, Tyler Boyd versus T. Higgins. The Steelers tend to give up, you know, points through the air. Their front seven's amazing. But if you're going to do any damage on them, it's through the air. And I think that is a positive game script for these guys. Um, so I do like taking some shots there. We have uh, my boy, Ayuk and Richie James. And 
from San Francisco going up against New Orleans. I think that's just another, you know, just positive game script scenario for these guys where they're going to be down, they're going to be passing. And I think there's opportunity for these guys to, um, you know, do better than their expectations. And then Anthony's boy, Hunter Renfro at 4.2K, one of the safer plays on the slate, just not getting the touchdowns. Anthony, anyone here that we didn't mention that you want to go over? Uh, no, I think everyone is is definitely in play. Uh, I think we mentioned you know Renfo a little bit earlier, where he's a little more he's a safe play. But if you need if you end up spending a lot on your lineup and all you have is four point two k, throw him in there. Uh, you know Tyler Boyd versus T Higgins. That I think that's going to be a good duel. I'd probably lean towards T Higgins just because of the price difference as uh, a nine hundred you know difference there. Especially if you want to pay up for Michael Thomas. You know I think he's going to be great. He could be a smash play. Uh, but yeah, I think, you know, there's no one else, you know, Aguilar, we talked about, I think if receiver position, looking at that Raiders Broncos game, uh, Judy and Aguilar are probably the other two that we already mentioned, but yeah, outside of that, I think these are probably some of my favorite plays of the week. Yeah. Wide receivers, wide receivers kind of position that I like to stack with quarterbacks. So it's kind of tough to get in guys in these one-off type scenarios, but these are just some options that, uh, if you do have room for one of these guys, feel free to put them in. Let's move on to tight end position. And just a couple of names we have here, uh, TJ Hawkinson, he's 5.1K. And I know he did pop up on the injury report today. So you're going to have to monitor his situation uh, tomorrow to see if he practices, but he's been really consistent and we really haven't seen an explosion game from him yet. So I think that's something that we can expect at some point this year. Ebron has been killing it for the Steelers. I don't know if it's the 2018 version of him that's back, but definitely someone I'm willing to put in my lineup this week. Austin Hooper is going to be back for the Browns, and this is going to be his first game without Odell. So I'm expecting, you know, a condensed target tree for him. And then we also have Dallas Goddard, who I think has, you know, he is the number one tight end on the Eagles. I think Zach Ertz is dust. So I really do like all these options. Uh, Anthony, any thoughts on these guys? Yeah, I think I, I really like Hawkinson if he's healthy. Um, but this is another situation. Austin Hooper, I really like. I think he was starting to get in rhythm, and then he had appendicitis or whatever it was. I, I, I think he had, like, surgery, and it was so, so random, too, because it was right as he was catching fire. You know, he was consistently getting five catches a game, uh, you know, was having 14, 10, 10 before he, you know, went on his hiatus. Uh, so I definitely like him. He may be a little bit scary for me. Uh, just coming back off of injury, I know he's had some time off, but it, it will be. I would like to see him have a game first without Odell and see how that kind of goes because I, I feel like I'd, I'd have more confidence in a Hawkinson at 5.1 or even a Dallas Goddard. If I'm going to pay, if we're going to go expensive in our lineups, I think Dallas Goddard without uh, Zach Ertz could, could be, you know, definitely high upside there. So I definitely like Dallas Goddard probably the most out of these, you know, value tight ends. Yeah, that sums it up pretty well. Uh, there is a defensive slot. I think, you know, it kind of, this is one of those weeks where you want to focus on the rest of your lineup. There's no defenses that really stand out. If you have a lot of money to go up to, you know, Pittsburgh or Green Bay, that's great. But I think if you, this is one of these weeks where, you know, you can kind of fill in anyone. I think I feel really confident with the Browns at 2.9K. Anthony, do you have any defenses you want to throw out to the listeners? Uh, I think Washington football team has, has stepped up. I think they can be someone in play at 3.2 against Detroit. Uh, you know, Detroit's been inconsistent on offense. 
you know, I'm banking on Chase Young and, and that, you know, defensive front that's kind of improved uh, on getting a couple sacks, you know, maybe a, a pick here or there, you know, no Kenny Galladay, you know, more than likely this week. Uh, and then also New Orleans Saints defense could be in play as well. Three doubt, three K, you know, we just saw Green Bay, you know, put a put a beating on Nick Mullins last game. So I think that could be a defense, too, that I'm not really excited about them, but just seeing like what Green Bay was able to do with not such a great defense against the Niners. That could be a team if you're looking at defense that could be, you know, high upside. All right. Now let's get to probably the part I'm most excited about this podcast. Let's go ahead and create a lineup. And what we're going to do here is just kind of talk about, you know, why we're making these plays. Um, One really big thing about DraftKings is you want correlation and you want to be able to stack these games where, you know, players are able to hit their ceilings. If, you know, let's just go for example, Derek Carr for Derek Carr to score five touchdowns. One, he's going to be throwing those touchdowns to one of his wide receivers, tight ends, et cetera. But they're not going to be able to throw that much unless someone on the Broncos is going off as well. So this is a perfect opportunity to, you know, have like a Jerry Judy or a Noah Fant and really maximize if one of these games go off. So we're going to talk talk about this process. So let's go ahead and start our building. Anthony, I'm going to give it to you to make our first decision. Is there a game you want to attack or is there a player that you want to build around? Um, yeah, I, I would say for for me in particular, if I'm looking, I'm probably going um, with the Derek Carr, Nelson Aguilar stack uh, first. That, that may be one of my first, that's just my first, you know, kind of thought is, is going to, with that stack. Yeah, I knew you were going to pick that, <laughs> um, but I'm ready for it. I, I can get behind it and, uh, you know, definitely believe these guys are cheap and I really do like, you know, attacking this Broncos secondary. Now I do want to, you know, think of ways to stack this game. So we were kind of talking about, you know, Derek Carr being able to get those five touchdown passes. Let's say he throws two of them to Nelson Aguilar. We're obviously being very optimistic here. You know, we're, we're trying to win the Millie. <laughs> um, but I think a good option to stack this game with, I'm going to go with Noah Fant. I think, you know, let's bring it back with him. I believe, you know, people are going to feel burnt after he's been hurt. You know, he's been getting hurt in every single game. And I just feel like people are going to be scared to play him. And I am a believer just in his, you know, long-term outlook. And the Raiders defense is bad. So let's let's go ahead and line him up at the tight end position. Do you think we should run it back with another Bronco here? Are we just going to go full shootout? Or do you want to put in Judy, Tim Patrick, any love for any other Bronco or even a Raider? Um, I think that one's a little tough. I, you know, I think there's so much, so many different good plays here. We can I, always come back to that too. If yeah, later I would on. Be intrigued. I think if we continue to build out this lineup and we have the money for Judy, then that may be someone we look at. Um, but yeah, I think, I think right now, you know, if we're stacking it, you know, car Aguilar fan, I think that's a good, that's a good run uh, of it. Uh, obviously I think trying to get as much exposure because what, I mean, what we're looking at with fan is, we're looking at him, his, you know, productivity compared to the field, right? So when you're picking a position, you got to look at how will they do against the rest of the field. And I think Fant against the rest of the field could do, you know, finish as a top three tight end this week, uh, you know, so especially at his price. Uh, but yeah, I think we can look to run it back with one of those other guys if, you know, if our budget kind of upholds that. Yeah. 
And I'm going to go ahead and there's another game I want to attack. And you, what you can do in this is you can attack multiple games in the same lineup. So the game that I want to get exposure to is that Rams versus Seahawks game. So I want to go ahead and stack Tyler Lockett and Robert Woods. Can you get behind that? Okay, go on with both Lockett and Woods. So our, you know, idea behind this play is just that that game's going to be a shootout and we're going to get a couple pieces there. So we're hopefully going to get, you know, the two high scores in that game. Hopefully they both reach their ceiling. So, um, you know, if the likelihood of Lockett going off is very correlated to if Woods can go off. So we're going to go ahead and plug them in. All right, Anthony, I will throw it to you. Uh, we have two running backs, a wide receiver, and a defense. Is there a one-off play that you want to go to, or is there another game you want to even try and stack and triple stack this game, this lineup? Yeah, I'm just looking at the at the field. You know, we talked about some of those cheap options a little bit earlier in terms of, you know, our running backs. And I think Antonio Gibson <clears throat> at running back. I like he, it. If he's healthy, you know, throwing him in there, especially against Detroit's defense that is not – great against running back so if he's good to go uh definitely fire him up i think i like throwing him at a running back spot yeah i can totally get behind that i am one of the biggest antonio gibson fans so let's go ahead and put him in let's hope just pray that this is the week that we get a breakout um yeah so i'm a, I'm a fan of that i'm gonna go ahead and i know you really like this player and we're gonna be different we're gonna fade mike davis and I'm going to go ahead and pay up for Aaron Jones. I think this is a smash bot for him versus Jacksonville. If it's a winning, you know, a positive game script for him, I think he can absolutely go off this week. So I feel confident putting him in our lineup and we still have enough salary to, you know, get a little crazy with our final two spots. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's where it, it gets interesting is looking at if we're going to go, you know, with the Aaron Jones route is, how do you fit in your budget? Because right now, you know, looking at this lineup, we have 45K left and we just have a defense and a flex uh, left to play. Um, so what we could do, we could put Judy in there and we would have three, four left for a defense. Uh, we can also, you know, if we want to get exposure to, you know, that Buffalo, Arizona game, we could go Christian Kirk. There's even T Higgins in this range as well. Um there's a lot of guys we can go here. What's your lean? Do you want to go on the full Broncos Raiders onslaught and go T Higgins? I, I can go either of these directions. Yeah. There, there's a lot of juicy choices, which makes it, you know, tough when you're looking at it. Um, yeah. You know, that, that, that's kind of more of a toss up for me. It's, there's a lot of players I love at this price range. Um, but if I'm going to lean towards, you know, anyone here, you know, we talked about, I, I think Judy, would may, maybe where I go, you know, we talked about running it with that game. I just think, you know, getting exposure to players playing against the Raiders defense is, is going to be good. Um, and I think Judy can be one of those guys. Cause I mean, the main thing you want to look at is who's going to get the volume. I think Judy, you can make a case for uh, Higgins and the people I'm kind of like looking at here and it's <clears throat> in this spot are Judy T Higgins and uh, Duke Johnson. Those are the three I'm kind of torn on at this kind of price range. But I think I'd lean more towards Judy uh, right now. Awesome. And we have 3,400 for defense. We do have Washington there, like you mentioned. We do have New Orleans there. We have Cleveland there. 
Um, I'll let you take the, you know, take the pick here for defense. I'll probably go New Orleans here. Perfect. I think Cam Johnson, you know, they, I think they have a good enough pass rush uh, that they can hold the own and get a couple sacks. And I mean, obviously if Nick Mullins is playing there, there's picks that are going to be involved in this game. Uh, I think that's going to be a, an interesting thing to monitor is you're looking for a defense that can get some sacks and a defense that can get some picks. And I think Mullins is definitely a quarterback that will help them out in that uh, category. All right. So to review our lineup, we are going with a Broncos Raiders onslaught and we're stacking Derek Carr with Nelson Aguilar. We're bringing that back with Jerry Judy and Noah Fant. And then we're going to be attacking the Seattle and uh, Los Angeles Rams game with Tyler Lockett, Robert Woods, one of the other high scoring games of the week. And then we're just playing it with, you know, we're going with the best plays. We're going with Aaron Jones. We're hoping for that Antonio Gibson breakout. And then we got, you know, the Saints D, Anthony. Are we winning the million dollars this week? Is this is this the winning lineup? Uh, I've been saying it for years. It's definitely this week's our week. Just like uh, I've been a Raider fan, you know, my whole life, and this year's our year. This is how this works. You speak it into existence, and one day it will happen. I like it. All right. So hopefully, you know, just that whole thought process helps you out when you're building your lineup. Um, and we'll let you know on next week's pod how this lineup does. We'll do a little review. All right, let's move to our final segment of the podcast. It's our bust and boom play of the week. Anthony, who are who is your bust play of the week? I'd probably lean towards DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I think he's, like I mentioned before, it's set up to where I think people will fall in the trap of, you know, he was low involved, so he's going to be high involved, so he may be high owned. Uh, but I just think he's going to underperform. You know, I just don't see him, especially at 7.7K, uh, going off, you know, being uh, the Hopkins that we're used to, especially against Buffalo. Uh, I think this could be a game where maybe he puts up double digit points, but more so in like the 12, 13 range. Uh, and that's not really what you want out of 7.7 K. Um, so that that's just where my hesitation on Hopkins is, is the bus bus of the week is 7.7. You're thinking top tier receiver. I think he'll <clears throat> put up double, double digit points, but not nothing worth the 7.7 K. Yeah, and I, for my best play of the week, it's kind of similar to your reasoning, but it's Josh Allen. And I just think, you know, we have a lot of these cheap quarterbacks that I like to target. And I'd rather pay, if I'm going to pay up for quarterback, I'd rather it be Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, one of those guys. So I'm going to put Josh Allen as my best of the week. I just don't think um, it is a, a decent matchup, but I just prefer to spend my money elsewhere. Let's move to the boom play of the week. Anthony, who's going off? Who's, who's your lock? Uh, the, these, you know, the, the, what I'm looking at is who's, who can play above value. I think Robert Woods, you know, can have a great game here. Uh, you know, you mentioned the Seattle secondary <clears throat> not being that great. I think Robert Woods can see a lot of catches, uh, you know, for a lot of yards uh, <clears throat> and as well as run a touchdown in. So I think he's a threat, especially at 6.6K. You're talking about someone that's not overly priced uh, and someone that's not, you know, super cheap. So I think his, for his value at 6.6K, I think he could exceed what people are expecting of him. Um, and that's that receiver. And that running back, I really, you know, you mentioned this as well. Aaron Jones is, his involvement in the offense is, you know, outside of Kamara, he's one of those guys that is seeing the carries and seeing the catches this year. And I think, you know, going against the Jacksonville defense, that isn't that great. He can definitely, you know, see a lot of work, uh, especially in the in the passing game. He's seen a lot of that especially last week against uh, the Niners. 
you know, he, they involved him early and often and then kind of went away as soon as that game slipped away. Uh, so he could be my boom play. I think, you know, I guess I'll kind of throw this in here as a, kind of a little bit of a change up. Aaron Jones is definitely – he's a boom and but He's boom or bust this week. Um, I think he definitely – I feel like he's going to go off and be a boom, but he could be one of those players too where you're paying 7.1K and that game turns into a Niners situation where it's just a complete blowout uh, where he's giving you 13 points. So – Definitely, definitely keep that in the back of your mind if you're going to play Aaron Jones. But I, I really love him this week, and I think he's going to smash. Yeah, that's just, you know, lots of great insight there. We both like Aaron Jones this week, so uh, load him up, lock him in, do whatever. Um, my boom of the play of the week is Michael Thomas, and he's at 7.4K this week. The Niners just can't stop the opposing team's best wide receiver. And... Michael Thomas last year was averaging close to, you know, 20 plus DraftKings points games a week. And that would be, you know, someone around that 9,000 range in price. So I think we're getting a huge discount here. I think he can really, you know, we haven't seen it yet this, this year from him. And I think if there is a week in the dome versus the Niners, it's time. Michael Thomas is back. Let's slam boy thrive. Um, and that, you know, concludes everything we want to talk about. Anthony, any last words to the listeners? No, I think, like I mentioned before, pay attention to the news. You know, definitely take a look at who's in, who's out. You know, we mentioned a few guys that would be good plays like TJ Hawkinson. Uh, David Johnson could affect lineups. Uh, Antonio Gibson, uh, I think Ben Roethlisberger. So definitely pay attention to the news. You know, Nick mentioned we're airing this on a Thursday. So it definitely can be anything could change, especially with COVID, you know, Saturday morning, you could wake up and someone was at a birthday party and they freaking had COVID. So this thing doesn't end. So definitely be, be aware of that uh, and have your alternates ready. You got to have a contingency plan set up, especially with DraftKings uh, and mess around with it a little bit. I think this is a week where you can get a little crazy with your lineups and that's totally fine. You know, you're trying to win a million dollars. That's how it should be. If you're not willing to be risky, then you should be playing. Shoot or shoot. I like that mentality. And that's going to do it for, you know, our very first DraftKings slate breakdown. Uh, This is the Fantasy Dogs podcast and good luck this week.